0: If you were sitting down with a friend right now and you were talking about your relationships, I don't care whether you've been married for decades or in a dating relationship or engaged to be married or just talking about a friendship. And your friend said, well, how about your relationship? How is it? And you said, oh, yeah, it's good. I mean, yeah, it's really good. (laughs) And then you said, well, tell me about your relationship. And they said, oh, it's deeply intimate. And then you think to yourself, maybe good isn't good enough. Well, tell me about that intimate relationship. What do you mean it's intimate? What do you do? How do you create an intimate relationship? Because I want to suggest that just hearing the word intimacy doesn't probably necessarily bring up images of physical touch, although it can. But what are those traits of a truly intimate relationship? And whether you're talking about a friendship or a marriage or a dating relationship, how do you grow the intimacy? There are some simple steps, believe it or not, steps that you can actually engage in right now. Now, I've done podcasts about empathetic listening and understanding to really show that you understand. And this is good, but you can't just listen. It's important to show that you understand. And in some cases, that might be really all that is necessary for you to move your relationship forward. But chances are just saying, oh, yeah, I really get it. I really understand what you're saying. This is it. And you you regurgitate back to them what they're saying. It's like, yeah, that's it. But if it ends there and you don't actually take those next steps to change, to allow the relationship to evolve with action, you might be preventing yourself from experiencing that intimate relationship. Now, this is exactly, believe it or not, what faith says. Your Christian faith, your Christian walk, James says it so clearly. He said, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you are anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. He said, those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and 20 minutes later, they have no idea who they are or what they look like. In other words, once you hear the word of God, it's supposed to actually engage you so that your life transforms and changes. How? With action. You don't act in a way that you earn your way into heaven. That's not at all what that means. But when you've actually been touched by the love of God, you demonstrate that change by living it out in your actions. And it's the same thing in all of your intimate relationships. Listening is wonderful. Being curious, that deep listening allowing you to understand the nuances of what other people's needs are and what they're really saying, that's important, no doubt about it. But now you've actually got to take that knowledge and allow it to inform you so that you can be proactive and take those steps so that they don't feel, oh, wow, he heard me. But, oh, he or she really gets me, and they care for me. And how are they showing that care? By actions. So what do you do? You listen. You act. Now, Jesus says, and I'm going to talk about the psychology and the research in just a moment, but I want to set this up with scripture. Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, Listen carefully to what I'm saying and be wary of the shrewd advice that tells you how to get ahead in the world on your own. He said, Giving, not getting, is the way. So I want to suggest that if you really desire an intimate relationship, rather than just, oh, it's good. (laughs) Wait, tell me more about that intimate relationship. If you really want that intimate relationship and you want to live out your faith simultaneously, then focus on what you give. Yes, giving your attention. But more importantly, those small actions that show that you actually really care. You know, creating intimate relationships, it does take effort, right? And there are a lot of reasons why you actually want to create an intimate relationship. Yes, of course, it feels wonderful to say, yes, I feel intimately understood and cared for it, and we nurture this relationship. But why on a psychological or a physical level do you actually want to nurture relationships? Well, because it actually helps you to live longer. It has huge health benefits in terms of well-being and physical health. It allows you to um, uh, survive all kinds of calamities, by a multitude, if you're in an intimate relationship, no matter what happens to you, whether you get cancer, whether you lose your job, if you're in that intimate relationship, you are far more likely to bounce back to be resilient. And yes, it begins with that conversation that shows understanding, but it also must be followed up by those small steps. Intimacy is actually achieved It's not a vastly difficult job, but it does require attention. There's no doubt about it. I would say to really understand a relationship, it must begin by understanding yourself, by managing yourself, knowing yourself. Who are you? It sounds almost cliche. Who are you? I don't know. I always... Go back to that Zoolander movie, which I love so much. Who am I? (laughs) He asks himself in the reflection of a puddle. (laughs) But a lot of times, that's the beginning problem. You can't communicate what it is that you want, what it is that you need. You can't actually strengthen to experience that more intimate relationship. If you don't know who you are, you can only share, share that authentic sense of self when you know who you are. Now, that's a podcast in itself, knowing who you are, understanding your wants and needs. So I'm not going to focus deeply on that right now, but I want you to think that conversation is only a part of cultivating that intimate relationship. You've got to think about once you hear somebody, once you understand who they are, then what are you going to do? But let's begin with that understanding, listening to understand. You know, what is that experience that allows your spouse, your girlfriend, your good friend to actually feel understood? Well, some people call it empathetic listening or affirmations. Just think about it this way. If I said, hey, you know, this is what I'm feeling. A, B, C, D, and E. Oh, wow, Joe, A, B, C, D, and E? Yes. Then you would say, so what you're saying, Joe, is, a, B, one, two, three. No, no, no. A, B, C, D, and E. Oh, I get it. You're talking about these letters A, B, C, D, and E. Yes. So, in other words, not just mimicking back, but in a way, showing that you understand, taking their words, putting them into your own, and repeating them back to them. You know, a paraphrase, the content of the message. But not just intellectually, oh, I get it, what you're saying is this, but emotionally. Empathy is that sense of being able to step into somebody else's shoes and say, oh, gosh, this is what you're saying. I, I can only imagine what it's like. Is it like this? Do you feel like this? Is this your experience of the world? You don't have to be right, but you have got to be curious about what it is they're saying. You've got to make that attempt to get into their emotional wor- world. You've got to integrate it. So, again, you've got to say, Oh, I see that this is important to you. How can we integrate this into our relationship? You've got to be proactive. If, for instance, right, everybody has a different way of experiencing events. Some people say, My birthday, I don't care. Don't show up. Don't call me. Don't send me a card. <laughs> God's sake, no matter what, no parties. But maybe for you, the celebration of life, the day that you came into the world, maybe that's important. And I'm not here to judge whether it should be or not. All I'm saying is that for all of you, how you experience different events in your life is individual, it's unique. And so you've got to be curious about what somebody means. When somebody comes to me as a therapist and they say, Joe, I just want to experience more freedom. Oh, I'm not going to say, oh, okay, here's the freedom exercise. There you go. The first thing I'm going to do is, well, tell me about freedom. What does freedom mean to you? You've got to be curious. If you had freedom, what would that look like in your life? What would you feel like? What would you be doing? How would you be thinking so you've got to really explore. You've got to be really curious about each other. Again, if you want that intimate relationship, you can't just say, oh, you want to go out on your birthday? Oh, okay. Okay, so you go out on the birthday. Does that communicate that you really care about them? It may or may not. But if you say, well, what would it mean to you to celebrate your birthday? Would you like that to be with friends, friends, Do you want that to be an intimate, small celebration? What would you like? Be curious. I tell couples this all the time because you could be married for 30 years and feel completely distant in a relationship. Or you could be married for a year. Or you could be dating and have that experience of really being known. And you can give that experience to one another. But the one word I use... I offer people, I say, look, I want you to hold on to this one word. Ready for it? Curiosity. Be curious. Explore these things with each other. You might think that you know, but seek that clarity by asking questions. And then once you begin having that clarity, again, really understanding what intellectually, what emotionally somebody means when they say, oh, I want my birthday to be celebrated, as an example then you've got to integrate that into your relationship. Because if it's always like, yeah, you hear me, I get it, but you never take any of those steps. You never do anything to show me that you care. You've got to plan for that. Now, again, just staying with our birthday example, maybe in your life you could give a flip. You really don't care about a birthday. Birthday, shmurth day, it's just another day. I don't want to be reminded that I'm getting older. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) But let's say your girlfriend, your spouse says, hey, these are actually, these are big days for me. Maybe because growing up, your birthday was never celebrated or maybe because it was always celebrated. For whatever reason, now your job is to implement and to have some kind of strategy so that you can meet those needs. Doesn't have to be a big deal. But the strategy might be about setting reminders, planning for the event, setting that time aside, to schedule, to prepare. Now, again, it's about being proactive. It's about showing that you care. Remember, going back to James, James chapter 1, you can't be just hearers of the word. You can't just listen to what that person says and show that you understand. You show that you really understand by acting it out. Now, there is that book, and it was a good book, The Five Love Languages. Maybe it was The Twelve Lump Languages. Obviously, I didn't study it in great detail, <laughs> but I'll give you the short takeaway. We all feel heard, feel understood, feel cared for in different ways. As an example, right, I've been married for more than three decades now. Don't tell my wife. I can't remember exactly, but if you asked her, she'd probably say the same thing. I don't know, 30 plus years, <laughs> But I know there are a few little things that my wife says, oh, that's wonderful. I just love it when you do that. And it's very simple. Like when we're hanging out on the couch and watching TV, she likes to have me put my fingers through her hair and rub her head. She just loves that. Now think about what those things are. Because that communicates, for her, I'm cared for, I'm loved. You're nurturing me. And when you think about love languages, I think one of the best exercises is that you go back and forth and you say, and I have couples do this when I'm doing workshops on marriage and whatnot. It's like, okay, tell me about your relationship. You feel loved, you feel cared for when you do what? So you might say, I feel cared for when you bring me a cup of coffee. And then the other person goes, I feel cared for when you send me a text message saying how much you love me. And then the other person might say, I feel cared for when you bring me flowers. The other person might say, I feel cared for when you unexpectedly wrap your arms around me and give me a hug. Now, these are all love languages. So you've got to think about that. You've got to anticipate. And then you've got to put into action some of these small things. Don't think about the big things. Most of life is going to be about the accumulation of these small things that add up. To an intimate relationship. But you've got to think about your future. You've got to think about your longevity. You've got to think about your health and the health of your relationship. There's a big difference between worrying about the future versus thinking about the future. And what I want to suggest is anticipate the future. Like what would make this person feel loved and cared for? What would actually grow this relationship so that it feels more intimate? God wants you to do the same thing. First Peter, he says, what a God we have, and what a f- how fortunate we are to have him. This Father, our Master Jesus, Jesus being raised from the dead. He said, You have been given a brand new life and everything to live for, including a future in heaven. heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping a careful watch over you and your future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. But your future begins right now by what you do, how you live out your faith, how you actually live out your relationship. Now, I want to say that just because somebody says, oh, I really want you to do this for me, it might not be obtainable. It might not be doable. It might not be good. For instance, if your spouse says, hey, I really want to go to Paris for our anniversary. Oh, well, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Again, communicate and appreciation and understanding of the want. But maybe actually accomplishing that want is undoable. Well, I'd love to go, honey, but I just lost my job. And we're going to be lucky to be living in this house next year, much less going to, t- to Paris. So, again, if the request seems unrealistic, you can still express your understanding of the want. You can still show that respect for the want without necessarily complying with it. And if you feel angry or resentful or thinking, oh, boy, if I actually do this, it's actually going to be more detrimental to the relationship because maybe it'll put you in a financial crisis, then you've got to talk about it. But, again... Every obstacle is an opportunity to create more intimacy in your relationships. There isn't that one thing that will drive the wedge in a relationship. There are the many things. Anything can drive that wedge in your relationship. But conversely, everything can be an opportunity for you to grow in intimacy in that relationship. Whether it's sickness, financial hardship, a health crisis, whatever it is, it's like, wow, this is really tough. But we will come together. We will march forward. We will do this together as a couple. But you've got to keep learning. You've got to keep practicing. You've got to keep doing these things. And it might not be easy for a whole host of reasons. One, you might not be able to communicate clearly what it is that you want Your spouse might not be able to communicate clearly what they want or your girlfriend or your friend. And there's a lot of reasons for this. I'll go into it in a different podcast, but not right now. But treat each other with a lot of grace because a lot of times it's very difficult to perform, to do these things. But the attempt, the move from just hearing and understanding to actually living out, to doing these steps... That's what matters. You might get it wrong. Don't worry about it, but you can learn from this. Paul says so beautifully, he said, let's agree to use all of our energy, and I think this can involve all of your relationships. Use all of your energy in getting along with each other. Paul says this in Romans 14. He said, help each other with encouraging words. So if you want that more intimate relationship, think about the words that you're using. Don't drag them down by finding fault, Paul says. Again, if you're constantly being critical, if you're always seeing what is wrong in the relationship, you're going to bring about the relationship's demise. But if you can see what is good, what is beautiful in the relationship, and you can speak about that, Then you're living out your faith. Then you're actually creating a more intimate relationship. Paul goes on. He said, you're not going to let an uh, argument over what's served at dinner wreck God's work among you. Now, again, he goes on and he's talking about what food is acceptable to eat and whatnot. He said, all food's good. He said, but you can turn it bad if you use it badly. He said, when you sit down to a meal, or I want to say, if you sit down to have any kind of conversations— or you commit to being married, or you commit to being a better friend, then your primary goal should be to share the life of God, of Jesus, and to act it out. To be sensitive, be courteous, what other people are saying and, and doing. Again, it's not an exact science. You're going to get it wrong. But you've got to commit if you actually want to create that more intimate, rewarding, rich life. Don't give up. Don't quit. Just as Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, he said, don't allow yourself to get fatigued at doing good. It might be a difficult job. But he says, at the right time, you will produce a harvest That is good if you don't give up, if you don't quit. Therefore, right now, every chance you get, work for the benefit of all. Work and strive for that intimate relationship. Paul says in Colossians, he said, Use your heads as you live, as you work, and I say, as you talk. Don't miss a trick. Make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. Be gracious in your actions. Do your best to bring out the best in others in conversations. Not putting them down. Not cutting them out. Giving, not getting, is the way. Follow those words with small actions. I will meet you back on the road. And remember, always forward.